We all know there are things in life you have to compromise on, like going out instead of staying in or eating fast food instead of cooking at home. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now, or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist, and these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. I know the next time I need a doctor, I'm definitely logging on to ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com bunny, B-U-N-N-I-E, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, dot com slash bunny b-u-n-n-i-e zocdoc.com slash bunny if you ask me nothing stinks more than when your husband dutch ovens you with a big ripe juicy one and then holds your head down under the covers except maybe body odor that's why i'm excited to tell you about lumi whole body deodorant lumi delivers outrageous 72 hour odor control everywhere from your pits to your feet and yes even those private parts as a special offer new customers get 15 percent off all lumi products with our exclusive code and link use code bunny b-u-n-n-i-e at lumideodorant.com that's l-u-m E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. You guys know I absolutely love Lumi. I rock it everywhere I go. I work long hours. So if I'm doing like a podcast run or if I'm out at one of my husband's shows or just overall anxiety ridden and I'm sweating, Lumi has saved me so many times, especially a toasted coconut. I feel like it masks my odor a little bit more and especially that right armpit that always smells like beef stroganoff. If you know, you know. Once again, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. What's up, guys? Don't forget to sub to Patreon so that you can see the visuals. Because not only do we have episodes of the podcast, we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps, behind the scenes, photo shoots, and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year. So if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know, go over to our Patreon, www.dumblondunrated.com. Love ya. Is this thing on? Bonnie, who used to be a former sex worker and now hosts the podcast Dumb Blonde. Most little girls grow up wanting to be doctors and lawyers and shit. And I was like, I want to be super hot, make a lot of fucking money and be a rock star's wife. That was my goal as a child. And <laughs> here we are. <laughs> 
What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today, this woman needs no introduction. To me, she's a Vegas icon. And I mean, if you don't know who this woman is, you must live under a rock. Mrs. Holly Madison. How are you doing? Ms. Holly Madison. I'm good. Thank you. Am I the first one in the new studio? You're the second one, oh, cool. but I'm just so happy that you're here. Like I, When I first started this podcast, I had a bucket list of who I wanted on. It was Dolly Parton, Joyce Myers, and you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, That's like so seriously. <laughs> like growing up out here, it's like, you know, there's not many women that have been able to make a name for themselves because Vegas mm-hmm. is full of beautiful women. You yeah. know, it's like you have to really have something special about you to kind of stand apart from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I've always admired that about you. Thank you. Yeah, totally. So I was telling you before the camera started rolling that, you know, every interview that I've seen of you has always been like people focusing on how you're Hef's ex-girlfriend and Playboy and all that stuff, which is cool. But I want to focus on like who you are, the woman you are, like what made you who you are and stuff like that. So, of course, guys, we're going to touch base on the Playboy (laughs) stuff. But I just want to kind of like get to know you. Is that you? Is that be fun? Okay, cool. (laughs) So I did a little research and. I found out, so I've, I've uh, read both of your books, mm-hmm. and I think they're amazing, and Thank we'll get you. to that later, but I, I don't know how I overlooked the fact that your parents, the parent situation, can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. I'm going to let you tell it in your own words. My parents? Yeah, so the whole situation that happened with, um, you know, I don't know, I, I read it in an article, so I don't uh. know how true it is, but they said that, like, your parents passed away. Oh, no, no, they're still alive, yeah. Oh, my God, see what I'm saying? These articles, okay, so there was an article where I read, and it says says your parents passed away, and that (laughs) two women dropped you off at a church, and you were adopted by a pastor and his wife? Wait a minute, where did you read this? I've never heard that, but that's an amazing story. That is crazy, because I was like, I thought I knew everything about her, and then when I read that this morning, I was like, holy shit, if you type in Holly Madison bio, uh-huh. it'll come up. Oh my god, that is so <laughs> funny. All right, well, let's tell the real story so we can clarify. Tell, it, where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Oregon and in Alaska, and my story is so much more boring than the one that <laughs> lives online, apparently. Um, we moved from Oregon to Alaska when I was about three. We lived there until I was 10, and we lived on Prince of Wales Island, so it was very rural. Like We lived in a little town called Craig for a while, but that was the biggest place we ever lived. So a lot of it was very like off-the-grid type stuff, like mm-hmm. the Alaska survival shows yeah I like to watch those because it like reminds me of growing up and then we moved to Oregon and um I don't know I think my childhood is so boring yeah no trauma no nothing just literally no I mean living your best life I mean, everybody has their own trauma, but I wouldn't say I had anything big or impressive. Right. (laughs) She's like, nothing to write home to mom about. I'm obsessed with that story you read online. Dude, you want me to find it for you? I swear to God, let me find it for you. Hold on one second. Because I was like, I thought I knew a lot about her. And then I read that this morning. Like, literally, look, parents were killed. And taken by two women, adopted by a pastor and a wife. Um, oh my god! Yeah, hold on one second. I'm gonna bring it up for you, just Is so that, that you. The wildest thing you've ever heard about yourself on the internet? <laughs> I've heard some crazy stuff, but that's one of them. There's also like a rumor that I'm trans, and there's a rumor that I'm a clone, and there's a rumor that I'm an MK Ultra Beta kitten, Beta slave. How could people? So those are fun. <laughs> how could people even think that you're trans? Like that's crazy, <laughs> or a clone? Like everybody's so obsessed with like trying to like expose everybody for what they aren't it's just so crazy hold on let me look at my history really quick if not I'll find it for you after the podcast but 
hold on. Here I get is. a kick out of it though, because I was that little kid that was always so intrigued with like urban legends and like gross Hollywood underbelly stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. I will find it for you as soon as we get done because okay. I'm gonna have to dig for it. But uh, yeah, when I read that, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I didn't know that. All right, so you grew up in Alaska <laughs> yeah. in Oregon. Uh-huh. Take me on that journey with you growing up. Like, what what was Baby Holly like? Um, I feel like it was a lot of alone time because a lot of times we didn't even live in a town or anything like that. So it was really hard for me to connect with people socially. And then we moved around a lot, like during my preteen years, I think over like fourth and fifth grade, I went to like five, 10 different schools. And wow, yeah, that's a so, lot. Yeah. So it was a lot of feeling of being uprooted. And for some reason, the way it was never explained to me that like, I mean, maybe my parents always thought it was the last stop, but it was never like, oh, you're just going to be at this school for a few months. It's like you always thought that was the last one. And then, hey, we're moving again. So it kind of gave me this complex, I think, where I always kind of feel like the rug is going to get pulled out from me. That and also having a feeling of not having a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Were they in the military? No, it was just job promotions and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're going from school to school. Were you ever, (laughs) did this like create a rebellious streak in you or... A little bit. Like, I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do after school, I think, just because everything, when every year it's something different, you're just kind of trying to adjust. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was, like, a senior in high school when I was like, oh, holy shit, I better get good grades fast so I can, like, get into college so I could move out of town. Because, like, I didn't know anybody or have any skills or any money. So I always wanted to move to California. So I thought – if I want to transfer to a good school or get accepted in a good school, like I need to get my shit together really fast. <laughs> She's like senior in high school. All right, it's time to get my shit yeah. together. <laughs> a little retroactive. I love that. So you did end up graduating, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think I read somewhere that you actually did attend college in Oregon. To- yeah, I went to Portland State University for two years and then I transferred to Loyola Marymount in LA and I was a double major. I dropped out before I finished though. For in psychology, right? Yeah. Okay, that was right yeah. that I read. <laughs> good. At least that was factual um okay so after you're in college how you're in LA now Mm -hmm. what's Holly feeling like out there because you're coming from really small towns never having really a sense of belonging anywhere you're in fucking LA where everybody's just like a melting pot yeah it's there's so many like levels to LA like you'll hear people complain about all the time how like everybody's fake or if people are on like the influencer scene now they're like oh it's just so ratchet in so many ways which of course there's a whole (laughs) other side to the city too but I think when you're new and you're trying to make it that's those are those circles you find yourself in yeah so it's really weird and um I was just kind of too all over the place like I was too all over the place to really focus on keeping my grades good or focus on making enough money at my job or focusing on doing well at auditions I was kind of trying to do it all and like crashing and burning (laughs) just like fucking just just trying to juggle everything just not being able to do it so you're crashing and burning you are just kind of at your wits end how Mm -hmm. take me on that journey well I had already been invited to parties at the Playboy Mansion for a while which were like the cool parties to go to at the time back in the day yeah that was like the (laughs) you you were like elite if you got an invitation to one of those yeah they were hard to get into Mm -hmm. and I used to work at Hooters and all the girls wanted to go to those parties there were like one or two girls at the restaurant who got invited so when I finally got invited I was really excited and then I got invited to the pool parties which are smaller and then you start to feel like you're part of the community there Mm -hmm. and you know when I was finding myself like I dropped out of college 
college and I had nowhere to live because my roommate was moving away and it was kind of like everybody I knew at the restaurant was kind of like moving back home because we were all like transplants and people were feeling like they weren't really making it in LA and that was when I decided to move into the mansion because I thought well if I could just live here and like get on my feet for a minute it would be really good and it turned into like this seven year thing (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was gonna be six months seven year thing that was documented every step of the way yeah how did that feel to even be invited to move into the mansion too? That's not an easy feat to accomplish. Yeah, I was invited to go out with them because Hef would go out. He had seven girlfriends at the time and they would go out like twice a week. Mm. And I was invited to go out, didn't take them up on it at first. But then when I thought, well, maybe it would be nice to be a girlfriend because I could live at the house and kind of get back on my feet and everything. So I said, you know, I'm ready to go out. Like if the offer still stands and then you know I wanted to move in because the first night was really hectic which is like I've told that story a million <laughs> yeah, times no, but it's I've like just it. a long story short like yeah. you know I knew that if you guys want to know the story listen to her books yeah <laughs> read her like, books in, in anyway it was like I thought I was ready for something that I was really getting in over my head on and mm. I thought you know what if I'm gonna have to do this I'm gonna move in like I'm not just gonna turn around and feel used right so I asked him if I could move in and I moved in the next day and the rest was history. The rest was yeah. history. <laughs> you know, I whenever I used to watch like the girls next door and stuff like that, I used to really feel that you were so genuine towards him. Like I really felt that you actually like loved him, you know, because you can tell by how someone interacts with somebody. You can't fake an emotion. Yeah, you know? I did at the time for sure. I mean, yeah. I was totally on his side, totally loyal toward him 100%, totally identified with him, totally overlooked any negatives and everything and I don't really have any regrets looking back because I you know that was just me being in love and being supportive and trying to do my best Mm -hmm. until I just couldn't take it anymore yeah that was just part of your story and she Mm -hmm. goes into so much detail about this in her book so if you guys what are you name your books really quick so that we can down the rabbit hole and the Vegas Diaries. Yeah, you guys got to read those or do the audiobooks. They're really good books and they give you a lot of insight into this. We're not going to linger on this because <laughs> I want to get on to other things. But so, you know, you're in L.A., you're mm-hmm. living at the mansion. You are a Playboy centerfold, which actually it took you a little bit to become a centerfold, right? It was like a fight to become a centerfold. Yeah, well, he didn't want to put any of his girlfriends in the magazine after a point and Then finally, when the show came along, they thought, oh, well, it would be a good idea, obviously, to put the girls in the magazine because that's promo for the magazine being on TV and it's a celebrity for the magazine. So it worked both ways. So we got to do celebrity pictorials and I was on the cover four times. So that was really exciting. Yeah. (laughs) So you're going through all this. You're also dealing with a lot of, you know, dark demons on Mm -hmm. the side too. lots of comparisons, lots of caddy shit, lots of stuff like that. How's Holly feeling in all of this? Like, how how was your mental health? How was your heart? Like, how was all that? It was bad. I mean, I was always trying so hard to make the best out of it. And I was always hoping things would change. And in relationships like that, where you have that kind of dynamic where it's really controlling, you'll be thrown a bone every once in a while. Right. And that's what gets you to stick around. Hope. And that's what makes you think, oh, things are going to get better. But they never really did. So there were times, you know, I had suicidal ideations. There were Mm. times when I was just so depressed. You know, I went on and off different antidepressants and things like that. So it was a struggle. And I always tried to make the best out of it. And, you know, in the end, there were definitely some positives coming out of it. 
with the show and you know gaining a whole audience that way and getting to be in the magazine was always a dream of mine so that was great I think at the end of the day I'm good at making lemonade out of lemons but Mm. it it was rough going through it and it was hard too after I left because everybody when they watch the show they only see the positive and the fun times and it's hard when every single day you're meeting somebody new who thinks you have this story about how amazing everything up there is and they're like oh how's half how's Kendra how's everything and they want to hear all the great stories And for a while, I was trying to just kind of brush everything off and, you know, live up to that expectation. But you can't do it after a while. You start to feel like you're living a lie every single day of your life. And And that takes a toll on Mm -hmm. you mentally. For sure. For anybody who's listening right now who's ever had to deal with, like, suicidal ideation, what is some advice that you could give them? Because I also had to battle with a, a stint of suicidal ideation, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, I don't even know if I have the best advice. It's just there was always something inside me that was just like, you know, hang on, you never know, like, it's going to get a little bit better. Like, what if what if you don't, what if it could get better, and you don't live to see that, right? You know, there was just always something. Yeah, maybe I was just chicken. I never went through (laughs) hope. I mean, the littlest speck of hope can give anybody some sort of, you know, just motivation to want to stay. Yeah, even the tiniest things, sometimes just you have to take it one day at a time. And just even now, when I deal with depression it's just even getting outside will help a little bit like yeah. I know that sounds so dumb and so little and how could that make a big no, impact really on your life but when you're trying to take it day by day just get outside like take your dog on a walk something yes I like, always get tell, away from it all I always tell everybody get up and like take a shower and put makeup on mm-hmm. like that if you're a woman or man if you prefer makeup <laughs> too um, but just get up and like do your hair do your makeup because that always just changes like the vibe of the day you could be feeling like so terrible and if you just like put an outfit on and feel pretty like it just makes you feel so much better yeah um, so let's circle back. Okay, so you're doing all these things with Playboy, all the stuff. You've had enough, mm-hmm. and you are ready to leave the mansion. Yeah. Take me on that journey with you. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Since I switched over to Shopify, my business has grown expeditiously and upped my merch game. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bunny, B-U-N-N-I-E, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bunny, B-U-N-N-I-E, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash bunny 
We all know there are things in life you have to compromise on, like going out instead of staying in or eating fast food instead of cooking at home. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now, or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist, and these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. I know the next time I need a doctor, I'm definitely logging on to ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com bunny, B-U-N-N-I-E, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, dot com slash bunny b-u-n-n-i-e zocdoc.com slash bunny oh my god it was scary it was scary because when i was leaving you know i've been so conditioned a certain way in this relationship that when i left i felt so guilty about leaving which Mm -hmm. i kind of look back on and laugh because i was never you know treated with respect the same way from him and you know he was always dating other people and things like that but the way i was made to feel when i left it was so strange. I felt really guilty. Like I was leaving this poor old man high and dry, which is such Aww. a joke because of course there's like all these girls around and you know, he, he's on to the next, the next day. That's how abusive relationships work. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. made to feel really guilty. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. And I felt so guilty, but I just knew I couldn't keep doing it. And I, at the time I was working at the Playboy studio, I was the editor of the Playmate pictorials and mm-hmm. I wanted to keep that job. And I didn't think that would be unusual because he had ex-girlfriends who continued to work for him, whether it was as a secretary or working for the company or different things like that. So I tried that for a while, but I was finding myself in Vegas more and more because I wanted to do a show in Vegas. So mm-hmm. eventually I quit that, but it was hard. It was hard to leave. It was because even though I was on a TV show that was a hit at the time, I didn't think there would be anything waiting for me. Like I knew I was going to have to like hit the ground running and like make things happen for myself. America was obsessed with you though. Like you were like the one, I feel like, you know, Kendra had her thing, Bridget had her thing, but you also had your thing too. Mm -hmm. And it was like, people wanted to know more about you as a person. So I think that's why when you finally did leave, it everything kind of like blew up for you because they were just like holy shit one she had the balls to leave the mansion not many girls would have done that you know and to publicly have done it how you did too was just you know amazing so um leaving the mansion you (laughs) end up getting like your own tv show you're doing your own vegas show Mm -hmm. take me on that journey I mean, it was just a dream come true. Like, I couldn't believe that I'd manifested these things I wanted to do. And it kind of happened in, like, a weird, like, too-good-to-be-true way. Like, I'd wanted to do – like, one of my goals was I'd wanted to do Dancing with the Stars for Mm -hmm. so long. And they kept turning me down. Even when I was at the mansion, I was trying to do it. And they kept turning me down. There's, like, no way. This is, like, a middle America show and you're dating an old man. Nobody's going (laughs) to want that. Like, they don't want this Even though it's half, right? Yeah. But – um. I had kept asking and kept asking and they had someone on the show got injured and they needed somebody last minute and like nobody else is going to want to come in last minute because you're not getting the chance to rehearse you know you don't have as much chance to win but I didn't care about winning I just wanted to go and have the sparkly outfits and get the exposure and stuff so they called me up and I got to do that and that just happened so quickly after I left and right when I really needed something and then I got the show in Vegas because I really wanted to do 
a burlesque show. I was actually in talks to do a different show and I'd ended up in another really bad relationship for a couple months and he had like talked me out of doing that show. So I kind of, you know, felt like I was just on my ass with nothing and I just have to like pull myself up off the ground. So I was really lucky just the way everything kind of fell into place. But it's because of persistence too. Like it wasn't just luck that I got to be on Dancing with the Stars. It was because I'd been hounding them for so long. They're like, okay, what bitch is going to be desperate enough to come in with no rehearsal? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I feel like you have a strong work ethic though. Like even though you lived at the mansion, you still wanted to be, you know, do the pictorials. You still helped with everything around there. So it's not like you're just like this lazy chick who just expects everything to be handed to her. Like you really go out and get it. Yeah, for sure. I think that was the case for me and Bridget both when we moved into the mansion we Mm -hmm. saw it not I mean for me I I needed a place to live but also (laughs) we saw it as something you know we could build opportunities off of it you know we really love the brand and we really wanted to do a lot but once you get locked into the girlfriend thing there's a lot more rules and expectations than you ever thought there was going to be and you're not allowed to work and things like that so that got really frustrating I think for both of us because we wanted to do so much and we do really have a strong work ethic and I ended up you know at at one point they would give tours of the mansion to like they'd give away tours sometimes to like military people or um for charity auctions and things like that and Bridget and I volunteered to give the tours just because like we so badly wanted something to do and we so badly wanted like a reason to be there other than being his girlfriend yeah just have a purpose yeah um let's circle back so you said you had gotten into an abusive or not an abusive just a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. um I have noticed a pattern with you that you are like this light and you're just like, (laughs) you're always trying to like emit light, but the men that you date are so dark. Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) Like Chris Angel, Zach Bagan, you know, like there's, what is that? What is, is it like the, do you do, do you try to fix them? Are you a fixer or what is it? It's like a moth to a flame. Um, well, I think there's, well, there's a common denominator with like the, more significant relationships in my life. And there were a couple that were really toxic along the way. So it's kind of two different strains. Like the common denominator between like all um, my most significant relationships I've noticed is I love men who are really driven and creative and create their own worlds. Yes. Like that's the thing. That's a Capricorn trait. Yeah, Because you love that. Yeah. I, I'm a Capricorius. Me too. And a Cap rising. So I I'm love. I'm the opposite. I'm oh. a Capricorn Aquarius rising. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I love that. And my husband's that way. His drive is fucking mm-hmm. more than mine. And I'm like, oh, you're so hot. <laughs> and isn't that so inspiring to Yeah. You? No, yeah. I love that. I love to be able to admire the man that I'm with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I had that was just something I had noticed whenever I was like researching you. I was like, she likes, you know, kind of like the darkness. But I get it because I'm the same way. I like to play yeah. with fire all the time. But I'm also a fixer. I like I want a project. And mm-hmm. if you're not broken into a million pieces, I don't want it. You know, like I want to like put it back together. Um, OK, so you got your Vegas show. You were doing your Vegas show. And is that when um what was the first tv show that you got was it holly's world or yeah that yeah. was my spinoff from girls next door right and that was interesting i like i love doing that show and it was what i wanted to do it was another goal and a dream come true but it was interesting because when we were at the mansion for girls next door we had to sign these contracts pretty much under duress we weren't allowed to have like our own agents or lawyers or anybody look at it like bridget literally got yanked out of the shower and told to sign it you guys were like concubines yeah it was crazy <laughs> literally It was nuts. And then according to this contract, if I was ever going to have a spinoff on E, the same production company had to produce that spinoff. So the production company was the same one that did Girls Next Door. And the man who ran it was a very close friend of Hef's. So it was a little weird. Like, I love doing that show. It was such a great experience. But it was also like I was working for this man who's like hovering over me Mm. and like 
kind of making sure that I'm still kind of loyal to Hef and the brand, even if I don't really want to be. Wow. So it's kind of like a strange thing. He was trying to control the narrative even with yes. you not being in the house. Yeah. It's very narcissistic of him. Yeah, it was toxic. <laughs> That's crazy. So is that why Holly's World ended up ending was because you were under this, like, you know, you couldn't really have freedom of expression? No, it was more because um, E got bought by Comcast and they shuffled around who the presidents were. Like the president of E got moved to NBC and then they had a new president and she came in. And, you know, when somebody comes in new, they want to make their own mark. They don't right, want to just gotcha. ride the wave of gotcha. the last person. And she's like, I'm getting rid of all the Playboy related stuff. And the only thing that was left, Girls Next Door had already been canceled, but I had a show on there and Kendra had a spinoff on there. Mm-hmm. So those got canceled. Which kind of sucked because we felt like we were away from Playboy doing our own thing, right. but we're still getting canceled because it's too Playboy. It's crazy because you guys were so iconic. You guys literally created Thanks. an era. You guys <laughs> were like what little girls wanted to aspire to be. You guys made Playboy cool. Mm-hmm. And you would think that they would have, um, you know, treated you guys a lot better and like thanked you guys, you know, like gave you guys your own platforms to like do whatever you needed to do or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, Kendra kind of had that support. Bridget and I really didn't, mm, which is okay. interesting. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I think Hef was more resentful when I left and when Bridget left because I think he expected me and wanted me to stay around the whole time. And I think when Kendra came along, everybody knew she wasn't going to stay that long and she'd be there for a couple of years. So if she wanted to leave and like become this star who's still kind of controlled by this guy who's keeping her loyal to the Playboy narrative, like that was great. Right. But I think Hef held a lot of resentment when I left because I left from his perspective so suddenly like anybody else looking at the situation would not think it's sudden because right. they've been going through so much but I think in his mind he was like wait what the fuck just happened do you think have genuinely loved you maybe as much as he could love somebody right but it, his idea of love is so weird warped warped narcissistic I think he's a or was I talk about him in present tense which is so weird people mm. point that out that I do that on my podcast and it's weird <laughs> anyway <laughs> so I feel like he was really addicted to like the feeling of longing. Mm. So he always wanted like more, more, more. And he always wanted to like if he had a girlfriend who left, he always wanted to win that girl back. Right. It, it was more like addicted to the conflict. Kind to the of chaos. Thing. Yeah. Addicted to the drama. And that's why he always wanted to pit girls against each other and things like that. Right. Which yeah. I hate. I don't want drama in a relationship. There's too much drama in the real world. I want my Absolutely. relationship to be like. It has to be your piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So being in a relationship like that, are you open to like open relationships now or like the opposite? Like, <laughs> She's I'm like, scarred. I'll know. <laughs> I'm scarred. <laughs> She's like, absolutely not. I am the only one. And that's it. Yeah. I, I respect would flip it out. Like even if I'm like watching a porn and I think like a threesome scene is hot or something, I feel like if I was in that situation in real life, I would snap and like decapitate someone. Yeah. Oh, I love that though. <laughs> Don't mess with Holly's man, yeah. baby. Um, okay. So, Moving on from Holly's world, take me on that. What happens next? Because you are constantly doing something. You always have your hands in something. That's one thing about you I've always loved, too, is Thanks. you don't <laughs> fuck around, man. You yeah. It's on to the next. Well, I had always wanted to be a mom. I'd always wanted to have kids. And I was about 30, I think, when Holly's world got canceled, or 31. And I was devastated when it got canceled because I didn't feel like I was done with that show or telling that story. But looking back, I'm really glad because I really needed to be cut off 
from the toxic relationship I had with the show's producer. Mm. I feel like I never would have had my kids if I was still working for him because I feel like my kid's dad would have just never put up with his bullshit. Right. The way that producer operated is he thought me, Bridget, and Kendra were his little puppets. Like I heard from other people who worked for him that he used to brag about that and say, they're like my puppets. I can get them to do whatever I want. Well, that's... Yeah, and when I was on Holly's World and trying to date people, you know, I wouldn't want to bring guys I was dating on the show immediately. I'd want to get to know them, make sure they're okay and stuff like that. But if he ever got wind that I was dating somebody, he would like call them, have his people call them behind my back and like... He was just always messing with my personal life. That's so. terrible. Yeah. So you like, literally are just trying to move on with mm-hmm. your life. And this man, well, Hef's harem is yeah. like not letting you go. Yeah, it was weird. So I feel like I'm glad it got canceled because that toxic relationship got cut off and I got to like move on and have my kids. And so let's talk about mm-hmm. baby daddy. Yeah. Pasquale. Uh-huh. Let's uh, can we touch on him a little yeah, bit? Okay, sure. cool. So how did you meet Pasquale? We met, he has a big festival called EDC, and when he first brought it out to Vegas, like, 10 years ago, I went to that, because I was a mess. I went out every night when I had my show in Vegas. Like, I had the (laughs) best time, no regrets, folks. I had, like, when I hang out with my friends I still have from that show, we always laugh and reminisce, and, like, we have no regrets, because we had more fun, I think, than anybody's ever had in the world. You're living your best life. Yeah. You're free, well, somewhat. Mm Mm-hmm. So I met him um, through just common friends and from going to the festival and, you know, we fell in love right away and had kids and got married and then things didn't end up working out, but it's not, I like, I have no hard feelings and he's Do you guys have dad. a pretty good relationship? Yeah, thank God. Like we're able to co-parent and everything's good and he's a really hands-on dad and Going through a divorce like that, you know, with two babies, you were, yeah, you have two babies. Going through a divorce like that with two babies, was it a sad breakup or was it like a mutual? Um, I mean, I think it was hard. It was a hard transition. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, the hardest part was just getting back on my feet again as a single person and what's my career going to be. Yeah. Um, we were both really invested in doing what was best for the kids. So Aww. that was always pretty smooth. People always ask me for advice on co-parenting and I'm like, I can't really give any because I'm just lucky because <laughs> yeah. my partner is also very interested in what's best for the kids. That's amazing because a lot of people that, don't do that. I know. I feel so bad because if your partner's crazy or like trying to use the kids as leverage, what are you going to do? You kind of have to be crazy back. Yeah. No, that's that's just a whole toxic cesspool mm-hmm. that just fucking never ends. So funny that um, you talk about the EDC because my husband, he's from Nashville, knows nothing about EDC. <laughs> and today he was in the kitchen. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to swing by EDC. It's I was a like, little bit more of a process than just swinging by because first of all, from Vegas, you have to go all the way out to the speedway. Right. So you have to drive out there or take a helicopter and then you like don't want to leave because mm-hmm. there's so much to see it's kind of like its own little island yeah so you'll have to text me and let me know how he likes it <laughs> uh, well he's not going to be able to just swing by he's like if diplo's <laughs> playing i'm going and i was that like was okay so honey funny. no it was just so funny that the irony that it's yeah. at this weekend and that you're on the podcast and stuff like that are you going to edc <laughs> no because i always have the kids oh gotcha he's there. I, I always do a little bit more i mean we have 50 50 custody but yeah. i always do a little Pitch in more on EDC week. Yeah, I love that. I think we skimmed over your relationship with Chris Angel. Are we allowed to? T- <laughs> are we allowed to touch on that? We can. Yeah. So you, how long were you and Chris together for? It was very quick. It was like four months. So because when I met you, that's when you were dating him. Yeah, I yeah. Think we had just started dating. Mm-hmm. From crash diets to fad diets, injections and pills, the weight loss industry is a cash machine. But it is all temporary because once you stop, most people gain the weight back plus a little extra. I 
Imagine all that time and money and you're still left hiding your body under baggy clothes or turning the lights off when you're with your significant other because you're shy or embarrassed about your body. Well, Sonobello can help you change the way you look at yourself. In one visit, you will see the difference in your tummy, side, thighs, arms, or wherever you have stubborn fat. You guys know me. I let you guys know when I get stuff done. I absolutely do not see anything wrong with getting a little bit of laser lipo done. I had it done right before the Grammys and it smoothed my hips for my dress. And let me tell you, I will do it again and again and again. Schedule your free consultation and learn all about micro laser fat removal. Give yourself the gift of a full body reset. You deserve to be happy. Sonobello is running a great special right now. Visit Sonobello dot com slash bunny b-u-n-n-i-e that's sonobello s-o-n-o-b-e-l-l-o dot com slash bunny if you ask me nothing stinks more than when your husband dutch ovens you with a big ripe juicy one and then holds your head down under the covers except maybe body odor that's why i'm excited to tell you about lumi whole body deodorant. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control everywhere from your pits to your feet and yes, even those private parts. As a special offer, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. You guys know I absolutely love Lumi. I rock it everywhere I go. I work long hours. So if I'm doing like a podcast run or if I'm out at one of my husband's shows or just overall anxiety ridden and I'm sweating, Lumi has saved me so many times, especially a toasted coconut. I feel like it masks my odor a little bit more and especially that right armpit that always smells like beef stroganoff. If you know, you know. Once again, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. I wouldn't have been allowed to be at a party by myself while we were actually dating. Really? Was he very strict like that too? Yeah. Is Pasquale strict? Like controlling? That seems to be like a common narrative too with the men that are in your life. Pasquale's not controlling, but I do think one of the contributing factors in us breaking up is he very much wants and deserves a partner that wants to go to all the festivals and like be behind his brand 100%. And I was behind it, like supportive. Yeah. And I would go to all the things. But you're a boss in your own right. Yeah, I need to do my own thing too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's hard for me. It's not that I don't see the beauty in being like a full-time mom or full-time wife or being that supportive. But I think for me, it's harder to do because of like the trauma I've been through. And right. like after being at the mansion for seven years and being so tightly controlled, I have to be in a relationship where I have a little more freedom than most guys would be comfortable giving me. Right. So I think I think we were just kind of going in different directions. Yeah. So you and Chris were just a kind of like flash in the pan. Yeah. How crazy was that going from Hugh Hefner to Chris Angel, though? Like a guy liner to like a geezer to a guy liner? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it would be really different, but I feel like um, it was kind of a gift and that the universe was showing me 
what I don't want in a relationship moving forward. Right. You know, I do need more freedom and mm-hmm. I can't be kind of that traditional stay at home. Yeah. Wife. Person. Yeah, for sure. I, I that's why I'm always doing my own thing, too. Like I want to yeah. be I want to be your wife, but I'm not going to be known as Jelly's wife. Yeah. You know, like I have to have my own thing going on. Well, I think you guys are doing a great job because you so have your own thing and your own brand, but you guys are also a power couple. Oh, I appreciate that so much. So moving on, you have these beautiful babies Mm -hmm. and what's Holly doing now? You're divorced. You have the two babies. You are ready to fucking mingle and take on the world. Yeah. Well, I just started my own podcast almost a year ago with Bridget. We talk about Girls Next Door and like rehash all the drama which there's never a shortage to talk about it takes us two episodes to get through like a 22 minute episode (laughs) there's just so much stuff but we're having so much fun with it what's the name of the podcast girls next level you find it anywhere you find podcasts and um i'm doing a show on investigation discovery it's called the playboy murders you can watch that on discovery plus which is becoming hbo max yeah it'll be on there and season two will be coming out i think early next year I love it. You just always have your hands on something. I think it's really cool that you and Bridget have remained friends. Yeah, we have just this amazing friendship. You know, we were super close. We always trusted each other from the very beginning. And it's just great to have that. Yeah, it's very hard to find people that stick by your side through it all, thick mm-hmm. and thin, no matter what. For and sure. I feel like that you guys have weathered the storm together. Yeah. So you guys starting this podcast together, I think is super cute, too. Thanks. Like I, I saw the... um the clips that you were putting on TikTok and I was like, go babies, go. I was so excited for you. Cause I mean, you guys needed your own fucking podcast. Like you guys were going on everybody else's podcast. And I was like, when, as soon as you guys did your own podcast, I was like, there we go. (laughs) That there we go. Good girls. Um, so you're doing the podcast, you're doing this thing with discovery and you're now dating a new boy. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Everything's good though. I don't have any like drama no you're good we don't want any drama we just want to talk like how did you guys meet we we actually like I was kind of aware of him for a really long time because one of my best friends used to live across the street from him Mm -hmm. so she would always talk about him but we never and we would like run into each other places but I would never really see him because I feel like first of all like just prefacing this about myself for the listeners like I am a lunatic and I'm off the wall and I believe in all this weird spiritual shit I feel like my spirit guides were like not letting me see him because it wasn't the right time oh I love that crazy back then and I believe in that too have my kids and stuff mm-hmm. and um I just went to he has a haunted museum in Vegas and I was there with my friends and he comped our tickets so I like posted and like thanked him for it and then we started like talking Aww. about creepy puppets and it's been good <laughs> ever since. <laughs> I love that. Let's talk about your spirituality though. Cause I, that's one side about you that I didn't know. Cause I'm super spiritual and very in tune with all the shit that's going on too. So I love to hear my fellow spiritualists. Yes. I don't know how I can even explain like how I got into it or what it even is. Cause I'm just so yeah. interested in absorbing everything like anytime I'm by myself it's like I'm listening to YouTube videos about like journey of souls and Dolores Cannon and I love Dolores yeah Yeah. have you ever done a past life regression yes I've done more than one and I've even done meditations on my own where I can see stuff and it is loopy I want to hear what is what are some of your past lives they're always either in Egypt or in Europe and the craziest thing, it's not so much in, like if I told you what they were, it's not that they're so interesting or fascinating. Right. But when I did my first past life regression, the thing that made me really believe in it, because they hypnotize you. And first of all, being hypnotized wasn't even what I thought being hypnotized was like. Like, right. you're just really relaxed, but I was still like aware of what was going on. And she's asking me all these questions and telling me how to access these things. And I'm like, 
I don't know if I really believe this. This is probably just my brain making shit up. But as I started <laughs> to get into these things, I started to really feel what it felt like to live in a different time and have a completely different perspective that I would never have in this lifetime. Like you're going back and you're living in the woods in Germany in the 1400s and you're living off the land and you're just happy. Yeah. And, li- and now, you know, being a, you know, living now, you're. I'm just always so ambitious. And so what can I do next? And I'm not happy unless I'm doing the next thing. And to be able to access that feeling and know what that felt like and know that back in a time where there was no real class mobility, so people were just kind of more happy with what they had. because. Right. And now we're just living, beating ourselves up because we're not you know, living the billionaire lifestyle we see on Instagram because everybody feels like they should be doing that if they were less lazy. And that's kind of an illusion. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree. Everybody asked me to do a past life regression and I'm scared because I'm like, do I don't it. I don't want to know. I'm like, God, was I like fucking Athena, the princess warrior? Or was I like a hooker back in the fucking palaces of King of Solomon? You know, like you'll I be just surprised. never. You'll see so many things. You'll see ones where you were a man. You'll see ones where you were a woman. I swear. So when you're getting hypnotized, like what does it feel like? Like, is it just you meditating pretty much? Is that what it kind feels of, like? and just really, really relaxed. Yeah. And it was kind of uncomfortable too because I was going back to this one past life regression where I was male and I had this kind of like molestation experience. And she was mm. like, well, tell me what he did. And I'm like, no, because it <laughs> felt so real. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) So when did you start your spiritual journey? Like, have you always been like that? Or is it just Um, something that kind of grew on you after? I've always been intrigued by like really mysterious things since I was a little kid. But I would say like 2017, I got really deep into it. Is there anything that happened like that kind of sent you on that trajectory? I know I got sober in 2017 and that's what sent me on my spiritual journey. The same year. Yeah. That's so weird. Something happened. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We need to look at the planets in 2017 because it was a crazy year for me. Yeah. I had had my son in 2016 and was dealing with a lot of postpartum depression and stuff. Mm. So I think maybe that was kind of what got me into it was I was like talking to a lot of psychics and looking for answers and researching different things on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then I just got really fascinated with it. Yeah. This is my loopiest interview I've ever done. (laughs) People are going to walk away from this like this bitch. No, not at all. I think it's great because people get to see like a, like a personal side of you where you're not just talking about just the mansion and stuff like that. And I love it. I'm fascinated with spiritual shit. Like I am Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. I just did a heart cleanse uh, chakra this week for the first time. And it really worked. Like, it's amazing. I don't know if you've ever done anything like that, but I literally, like, had, like, a breakthrough where I was just bawling because I just had so much shit going on Mm -hmm. I guess and I felt so much better and everything has gotten thrown at me this this week and I'm just like so zen about it and it's like amazing yeah no it's amazing so moving on I might ask you for like a hookup um so I did it um uh insight timer has like courses that you can go on just Mm -hmm. go in there and I picked a heart chakra cleanse just a random course and literally it was so such an amazing moment. Like that I told so cool. them about it too. I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Like I ball and I'm not a crier. I'm yeah. a tough bitch, you know? So for me to ball my eyes out like that and just have that kind of release was like, obviously it was much needed, but I feel wow. so much better. Like it's really cool. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, literally <laughs> I'm just now like getting turned, t- um, tuned into like chakras and stuff like that. I've never like 
messed with anything like that because I grew up in a very religious household mm-hmm. so you know it's like stuff you don't mess with and then now I'm just like all in I'm like fuck it whatever's yes. gonna make me feel better and heal I am all for yeah so moving on from your spirituality and <laughs> Zach Bagan what are you doing now like what are some projects that you're doing just still the podcast um, I'm really busy with that because I do all the editing and stuff too mm-hmm. and um the show on investigation discovery. I don't yep. think I, I don't think I have anything else between like being a mom and the TV show and the podcast. I'm and splitting my time between two cities. I am booked and busy. Yeah, I'm at my brim. No, for sure. <laughs> being a mom is a full time job. I don't know how yeah. you guys do it. I have not had kids of my own. I have my little bonus baby, but being a mom is like, I, you guys are fucking savages. I can't do it, man. You guys like Mimi has two kids too. So let's talk about your books, uh, down the rabbit hole and, uh, the Vegas diaries. Diaries. Yeah. Yeah. So what inspired, well, obviously we know what inspired that, but Mm -hmm. what inspired you to write it and just kind of bear your soul to the world? The reason I wrote it was I was going through a period where uh, my show had been canceled. I had cut ties with that producer. So I was finally free from like any real hovering influence from the Playboy world. And I had met um, the man that I was going to marry and have kids with and stuff. And every single day, somebody would come up to me and ask me, how's Hef? How's Kendra? How was the mansion? And they would want this really positive story. And I felt like I would kind of have to give them just a, oh, everybody's great. Everything was great. So fun. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, you're not, A, you're not going to get into it really with a stranger, but B, you know, you kind of feel like that's expected and you kind of feel like that's a nice thing to do. But it really started to have an effect on me that I wasn't expecting, like this pit in your stomach, just feeling like you're living a lie. Mm. And until you've really felt like you've had to hide a whole big part of your past like that, I don't think you can really know that feeling. Like people are probably listening to me say this and they're like, oh, bitch, you could have got past it. Like who cares if somebody comes up to you every day? But it creates a feeling inside that you can't shove away. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I need to get this all off my chest. That was a fucked up situation. I'm tired of it being glorified through the show. And I'm tired of everybody just thinking it was so great and perfect because it wasn't. So it came from this need for me to just really spill my guts that was just really organic. And since then, I feel like there's a value in talking about it because I feel like it helps other people who are in, you know, narcissistic relationships or relationships that are emotionally abusive and I feel like it's helpful to it's people. It's very healing for you also, though, mm-hmm. to be able to just tell your story, get it off your chest, and let the world just devour it how they will. Yeah, for sure. You and Kendra, can we touch base on that? What happened there with you guys? What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
was a lot and you know I blame a lot of it on that producer of the show because he did her spinoffs for quite a while she moved to a different network after E and I know what it feels like to be working for this person who's like hovering over you and trying to like keep you loyal to Playboy Mm -hmm. so I can't even place all the blame on her reactions on her because I know what it's like to be influenced by that person yeah but I just you know we've been at odds with each other for probably like the last 10 years have you guys ever been able to sit down and have a conversation no because I I would be open to that but I don't feel like it would be genuine I felt like after we left the mansion I felt like we had a positive friendship or acquaintanceship or old time sake friendship or whatever you want to call it Mm. but it got to the point where she was getting really weird with me and she would do all these interviews and be like oh I'm not friends with Holly and Bridget and kind of this and we were like oh that's news to us okay um I thought we were all supportive that's hurtful yeah especially because you guys built something together yeah indirectly but Mm -hmm. you know you guys still built it together yeah it was weird and I reached out to her over text when she had retweeted something that I thought was hurtful and it just turned into a fight and it's been downhill ever since but the reason I think we've never got together and talked it out is just I don't trust her yet I don't think she's like at a place because she was doing this real estate show and she her or her people asked Bridget and I both to come on it separately. And I don't want to do it because I do not trust reality show producers at all after right. what I've been through. And, you know, we could sit down and have the most real conversation. No blame on anybody. No heroes. No villains. But her show is only going to want to make her look good. So why the hell would I do that? And also, why wouldn't she want to sit down with you personally mm-hmm. before having you come on a show? It's yeah, almost it's like they fake. want it to play out on the show. Yeah, and that was always that was my problem when we had our falling out 10 years ago is I'm like, this shit with you is always fake. It's always for your show or because you want this story in this tabloid cycle. Mm-hmm. And it was just exhausting. I hate that for you guys. Yeah. Hopefully she'll – I think age kind of humbles you too because she's a lot younger, right? Like six years younger. Yeah. But she's pushing 40 now, so I feel like... Yeah, there's no say. excuse. <laughs> well, it's just like over there's the years no with excuse. all our conflict, people yeah. are going to be like, she's so young because they remember like 20-year-old yeah. Kendra. And right. Like, I always thought she was like a lot younger. I, I think know. a lot of people thought that because yeah. I was so buttoned up on the show and like stiff and just like yeah. pearls in a sweater set and she's like messy bun, <laughs> like looking and acting way younger than she is. Right. But it's only a six-year age difference. Wow, I never knew that. That's yeah. crazy. Does Holly want to get married again? I'm not opposed to it, but because I'm a romantic, but it's not like on my goal list either because Mm -hmm. I already was married. I already had my dream wedding. So it's not like this thing that needs to be checked off. But what what about more kids? I think my hands are full for now. (laughs) If women could have kids at an older age, Mm -hmm. I would be like, yeah, maybe I'd have another set like after they're grown. But life is way too hectic now. Like the way, you know, having joint custody and, you know, wanting to be there for your kids and also have a career like I there's no way I could balance like having another set. There's no way. No matter how in love you are, no, would you ever do a surrogate? No. No, she's like, hell no, no, no more fucking kids. <laughs> no, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Holly, thank you so much for coming on the show thank today. You. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Why don't, I mean, everybody should know where to find you, but if they can't, why don't you shout out where they can find you like on your socials? Um, I'm Holly Jean Madison on TikTok, Holly Madison on Instagram and Twitter and all the other things. And my podcast, Girls Next Level Podcast, is anywhere you find podcasts. Yay. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.